This podcast is brought to you by NeuroCreative Studio, the number one provider of one-to-one applied neuroscience coaching and development programs designed to enhance your creativity and effectiveness. Find out more at neurocreative.studio. You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. Creativity is something that we all need, use, and indeed have in spades, but we don't always appreciate it or know how to encourage it. In this occasional series of conversations, I'm talking to creative professionals, people who get paid to provide creativity on tap, and people who've been able to remain creatively successful over the course of their careers. We'll talk about the highs and lows of this kind of work, try to disentangle their secrets for success, and find out whether Steve Jobs was right when he said that real artists ship. Today, I'm speaking to someone who enables the work of other creative professionals. Rob King specializes in working with creative agencies, so he's seen a few in his time. We talk about the difference between good and great agencies, the generation gap that's opened up in certain creative sectors, and we talk about why a business might not be best placed to promote themselves because of what Rob refers to as a sort of proximity bias in which they fail to see their own selling points. If you're in the creative sector, then this will be right up your street. But if you're in any kind of business where you need to understand the power of selling your own strengths, then this episode is for you. Now, Rob, let's get into this whole idea of what it is that differentiates a good creative agency from an exceptional or a great one. What, what in your experience, is the differentiator or differentiators? Yes, well, uh, thank you. It's it's a great question, first of all. I mean, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this in my career, and we go in and and meet lots of different creative businesses in in the work that we do, uh, mostly creative agencies. Um, And obviously, if you think about the creative agency, even within that, there's lots of definitions, production companies, studios, digital companies, but broadly, most of them fit into what I would call a, a creative agency of anywhere from two, three, four people, all the way up to sort of 70 plus, 100 plus type businesses. So think about, you know, that question of, you know, what separates a a good uh, versus a great agency? I I guess there's sort of three or four different areas, really. And broadly, I would summarise those as the culture, you know, the culture within the agency, creativity. Think about the sort of the creative output that that agency Um, delivers and then finally probably specialism so they they have an ability to kind of really own a particular area and specialize on it and within that of course there's also the commercial piece which is kind of where we come in at at the client key so you know we are a a growth engine for creative agencies so we're always kind of focusing on how can a creative agency sell themselves more effectively get out there and and actually deliver more work Fundamentally, I think that the really great agencies are able to embed that idea at the heart of the creative process. Ah, yeah, because it is an interesting conundrum, isn't it? You know, when you've got a great culture, a lot of creativity, a specialism and so on, then that doesn't really go very far unless you are actually getting it out there, unless you are selling that product. And what is it that you think gets in the way for um, some agencies of doing that for themselves or you know, mm. finding their way to that? Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, first of all, there's this idea that, that 
you know, I often talk about this and, you know, it's going to be in our book that I've, I've just written. But, you know, this idea of sales being a bit of a dirty word in the creative industry, um, you know, the idea, you know, my, my view is that sales actually needs a rebrand. It needs reframing and rebranding within the creative industry because a lot of people in our industry, you know, rightly or wrongly, um, have this view that, that sales is a bit of a negative thing, which is a bit of a paradox, really, if you think about it, because it's actually the thing that really sets most businesses, agencies, creatives going. And, and without an effective sales or, or new business process in place, you know, that agency is only ever going to get to a certain point relying on organic growth. So I think that's the first kind of big idea is that, you know, we need to kind of look at, you know, this this word of sales and what it means to people in a slightly different way. And, and for kind of many, many years, we've had these negative connotations around the art of selling and, and sales, essentially. And I think what's happening is creative companies are coming around to this idea that actually they do need to be getting out there and selling their ideas. And as you said, you know, mm. all, all great creativity begins as an idea, you know, a blank page. Nothing happens until you're able to get out there and, and ultimately in the world we're talking about here, creative agencies commercialize that. You've got to be able to take those ideas out there and put them in front of somebody who's willing to pay for them. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we, I mean, you're right. There is this, um, real, I guess, love hate relationship with the idea because, you know, if we want to continue to be and produce creative thinking, creative output, then we need some level of input. And that is whether you think of it as commission, whether you think of it as, you know, if you back in the day, Leonardo, Leonardo had his, his sponsors and his patrons and so on. It's a fact that was sales. I mean, he had to pitch all of that. He had to bring in um, the clients effectively. Is is it maybe something to do with the fact that, you know, we give up or we feel like we're giving up some level of control when we um, when we sell something to a client that they are we're going to have to mold to what it is that they want from us? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And, and you know, we, we do kind of see that, I suppose, with, with some of the people that we're that we're working with and I, th I think what's really important here is to separate that separate out that distinction between perhaps creativity for artistic purposes and dare I say it creativity for more commercial purposes so if we think again about the agency sector most of those companies are, are that they're companies they're businesses they need to rely on um, commercial elements to actually stay in business. They are providing a creative service to their clients to help them communicate, usually communicate more effectively, better, solve problems, solve challenges, right? So, so fundamentally, there's this inherent commercial creative driver that sits alongside the creative uh, driver. So what I think is really important is, is that recognition of, of that actually happening. And in terms of the control that you talked about, yes, I think there is perhaps a bit of reluctance to let go of some of that artistic um, process. But I, I suppose most of the people that we work with don't really kind of, I think they recognise that they're in, in business to kind of you know, serve the needs of the clients, work with people, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas perhaps if you're talking more on the kind of creativity 
for um, artistic purposes, you know, there, there clearly would be, you know, some reluctance. Well, a lot of reluctance, I imagine. I mean, I, I know quite a few artists and, and many of them have, a, a, as you would expect them to, that very singular vision and focus of what it is they want their art to be. And no commercial element at all is prepared to disrupt that. And again, rightly so. Mm. And so when you come in and you're working with an agency and you are effectively taking that, if I'm understanding this right, you are taking the lead on that commercial aspect of it for them. You are um, helping them to generate the commercial input that they need in order to be the creatives that they are. How does that relationship then does that free them up more? Does that give them more of an insight? Does it enable them to take it on in a way, in a different way themselves in their own minds? Or talk to me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yes, it, it probably does in a way, because, you know, it's back to this idea of, you know, creatives, creativity, they're not necessarily best place to to run those kind of sales, commercial elements within their business. Some people are, and and I think you know it's back to this idea of you know some of the great agencies are run by people that are kind of born salespeople. They know how to get out there and do you know the, the kind of commercial um, bit as well as the creative parts of their business. But yeah, I think that that is what we do. We do free people up to go and you know ultimately deliver better creative work to to have more time to think about the problems they want to kind of tackle with with their clients and it's about taking away some of that kind of headache for them really mm. um, we run new business campaigns we run um, commercial campaigns for them you know we're able to take quite a lot off their plate in terms of the overall kind of new business piece but also strategically I think we're quite good um, at looking at an agency what they do you know the clients they work with the, the, the output they the creative output they deliver and kind of thinking, okay, where could we take that? You know, where, why is this agent successful, successful here? Or can we maybe take them to kind of new areas of the market over here? So yeah, we do take quite a lot of their plate. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really interesting point because, you know, some, we don't see ourselves the way others see us. Yes. And I think that outside view is very, very important. Yeah. And actually when you, when you were talking about that as well, it reminded me of um, an interview I did uh, a while back with um, someone I've known for a long, long time, actually. And she has worked in the art sector for many, many years um, as a strategist, as a marketing um, person for them. But what she found when she started her own business was that she couldn't apply what she knew about marketing, about sales, about strategy to developing her own business. Mm -hmm. it, it was almost like, um, as she put it, you know, the, the, the cobbler's children going barefoot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I guess that that is one of those things, isn't it? You know, that we, we don't, uh, we always put ourselves last in the line and, and that um, can maybe affect how much priority we give to our own sales and our own um, marketing as well, especially if we're in that, doing it for other people. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I spent quite a lot of time recently speaking about proximity bias, and and often, mm. you know, we can't see the things that are uh, right in front of us because we're just too close to them. And where it's kind of, you know, to, to get around that, you almost need somebody to come in and, and work with you to 
to try and sort of unlock some of the value that, that you're kind of sitting on mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. And, and all creatives have that you know everybody's got you know not just creatives everyone's got kind of lots and lots of value you know their experiences today the things have been through but often you know we're so close to things within businesses you know within our sort of day-to-day we can't actually see them and I think part of the process of, of, of kind of growing a, a creative business is is really sort of stepping away and saying you know why are you successful here and and that's kind of where we come in and, and work with people to do that but your your friend is is exactly you know the kind of person that that is going through that really you know with lots of proximity bias and is not able to kind of implement things into her her own business mm, mm. so just going back a little bit and and looping back to you know what makes um the difference between good and great and you've mentioned the, the culture the creativity and the specialism are there any um we'll just step away from the the selling of the product for for sure. a minute but in terms of those those three how do they gel together are there any strands that you see um repeating again and again in in the greats um and how would you maybe start advising people to um to aspire to those to move towards those yeah well i think the first thing that that we always kind of come across is it's it's quite a controversial idea but but the idea that creativity is not the most important thing in your agency (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I can see why that's controversial. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, lots of people do have that reaction. But you know, let me let me make the case. Um, it, it, here's the thing: you know, all, all creative agencies, and there are lots of them, hundreds and thousands of them in this country alone, produce creative work. Mm. So you know, if you go on that sort of basic point, that alone is not going to get you where you need to be in terms of growing, thriving, succeeding. Yes, it's highly important, of course it is, but it is not the singular most important thing about any creative agency. Now, you know, I would expect to be kind of shot down in flames by lots of people hearing this, but that is my view. As I say, in, in isolation, it's not enough. As, as part of the mix overall, it's clearly very, very important. But allied with that creativity is a need to be able to go out and take it and, you know, get it in front of clients who are prepared to pay for it as I said so that's my first kind of big idea secondly I think agency culture is a, is something that we see time and time again as you say you know mm. the, the really great agencies are able to create an internal agency culture where people love being a part of that team and it might sound a slightly obvious point but again it's actually quite difficult to do for a variety of reasons the personalities mm-hmm. of people leading that business kind of business levels but it's instantly noticeable put it like that when you go into a creative company or an agency and you can see those that have got a brilliant you know almost family-like culture mm-hmm. where their team feel empowered supported it's fun they're enjoying what they're doing and you know everything's not an uphill struggle i think those are the traits that we really see among great creatives and creative companies Mm. yeah you know there's something interesting actually that just came up there when um when you mentioned that because this idea of family and this idea of this um this cohesive group if you like as the agency um and one of the things that i have uh, been talking to 
people about over the last while is since COVID, we, we appear to have had a big shift in what people are willing to do and accept in terms of where they work and how they work. Mm-hmm. And there also appears to be um, a generation gap emerging. And I don't know if you're seeing this, um, but we obviously have a lot of agency owners and founders who are a certain generation and they have worked for a long time to get their agency to that stage and working in certain ways. And we now have um, newer generations of people who just don't work the same way. And I, I, this may be outside of what we're talking about a little bit here today, but I'm just wondering what you're seeing in that. I, I'm finding it fascinating. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. And, uh, you know, there's lots of th- different things that kind of spring to mind immediately. Um, I mean, obviously, as you say, it's just the pandemic. You know, it's completely revolutionized the way the agencies work, the way the clients buy from agencies, the way that agencies get out there and do business with clients, you know, the way that we access people, talk to people, engage with them, it's completely changed. And so everyone is kind of evolving um, still. We're still in that kind of evolving um, mechanic right now. You know, we're doing sort of partly digital, partly in real life. You know, it, it's changing. And mm. that's kind of fascinating in, in itself. In terms of your point about kind of generational, well, yes, I mean, I, I think you know, back to the kind of family um, environment, it can go two ways, right? So while, whilst the kind of family uh, environment and great kind of culture where you feel kind of nurtured and respected and empowered to do your work is, is brilliant and absolutely advocated, you know, if you think about the idea of family, you know, lots of families don't have great relationships and they are slightly um, challenging. <laughs> deal with you know i can think of several family dynamics that are like that um and so you have to be kind of very mindful that it doesn't go too far um mm-hmm. that actually you don't have those fam family or familial elements that kind of creep into your your business life and your agency life so there's quite a fine line that i think people have to be mindful of mm-hmm. and again yes that is of course you know back to this notion of, of generational integration you normally people running agencies are you know perhaps slightly older or these days not that much older than than some of the sort of other people within the agency and i think again back to this idea of good versus great you know the, the, the better agencies are, i find have flatter hierarchical structures you know they're, they're less kind of mm-hmm. top down and you know not afraid to put someone who's 22 in a in a senior client facing role for example you know? Yeah. So yeah, lots of different things going on at the moment in terms of um, how we're working and you know engaging with internal teams and culture. Mm. Just before we started, I, I did um, tip you off to the the one question that I always ask creative pros in this series, and it does seem that this one is actually written for you. But <laughs> I, I always ask people what they make of the Steve Jobs quote. Real well, artistship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It, it's kind of the, the dream quote for us, really. Real artistship. I mean, there's, there's another quote, if I can answer a quote with a quote by um, Samuel Butler, um, an, an author. And, and I think he, the quote is, um, any fool can paint a picture, but it takes a wise man to be able to sell it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love that quote. And, and again, it's, it's a sort of paraphrase of, of Steve Jobs really as we've said several times throughout our conversation nothing happens with any great creative idea 
in, you know, if we're talking about commercial creativity here for a moment, nothing happens without a creative idea unless you get out there and get someone to pay for it fundamentally, mm. which is really what I think, you know, Steve Jobs is saying. And so that's really our view. And once we start to kind of reframe that, that view of that whole process as inherently positive rather than negative, then it starts to become quite transformational, I think, for people because they are kind of empowered then to get out there and start having more of those conversations to sell their creativity. Yeah, yeah. I guess because if they can't do their work for somebody else because they're not letting them see it, making it known to them, Mm -hmm. then it's a trickle-down effect, isn't it? The person who then needs their services, their creative services, can't do the thing that they do. Um, It's a real block in the system. Completely. And, And again, you know, we, we've got a kind of almost saturation point now of, of creative companies. There are so many, which is a great thing, by the way. There are so many creative companies, agencies, production companies, studios out there that if you're not talking to your clients on a regular basis and having these conversations, somebody else will be. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of the thing to be aware of is if, you know, if, if you don't get out there and, and kind of do what you need to do to grow your business and, so then um, someone else will. And, um, you know, I think people really need to be aware of that. Really. Um, I noticed, uh, Rob, that you had some hints and tips that were available to people through your website um, and so on. Do you want to um, just give us a little uh, a little shout out for where it is that people can best go to find out more about what you do and also guys what I would say is that even if you're not a creative agency having read through the list there are some things there that you should take note of um, but have, have you got a website address or a link that we can include for that please yeah um, our website is theclientkey.com mm-hmm. and there's lots of articles and blog posts on there under the article section um, a whole bunch of stuff specifically for agencies and agency owners. Uh, there's also some handy guides and some downloads that you can um, just use and pop your email address in and that will come through to you. And then the other area where we, we put a lot of content is our LinkedIn profiles. If you go onto mm-hmm. my um, Rob King, the client key LinkedIn profile, we uh, we put a lot of content out there on growing creative companies, the creative sector uh, more broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and agencies. And as you say, I mean, all of the things that we've talked about can be applied to other business areas. I mean, we work exclusively with the creative sector, but these are kind of rules and themes and lessons and methods that can apply really to any any business. Mm-hmm. And there's a book coming out. What's the book called? There is a book coming out. Yes, I've been working on the final draft again this morning. Um, the book is called Selling Creativity. It's mm-hmm. a how-to guide uh, for agency owners and creatives to learn and master the art of sales. Fantastic. Well, we will keep an eye out for that. And if you've got a link to where we'll be able to get it at when it's ready, then um, we'll drop that in the show notes as well. Rob, thank you so much. It has been a really interesting conversation. I've enjoyed it very much. So um, I'm grateful for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, yeah, look forward to chatting soon. still here great look i know there's a lot to choose from out there so thanks for flying with ambition incubator airlines 
and I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice, and bite-sized brain science every week.